Hi, thank you again for listening to Bible Mysteries Podcast. We sure hope you've enjoyed our interview with Gary P. Miller on his book, Creation. And I want you to know that for the month of November, John, we're going to run a special. Really? Yeah, we're going to allow every new premium subscriber in the month of November to receive a free copy of one of Gary's books, either Creation in the Beginning, which we discussed in the episode where we interviewed Gary, or Hell, God's Prison, which is another one of Gary's books. And we will happily pay the shipping to send that to you. So if we can give you extra incentive to want to subscribe and become one of our premium podcast members, now you've got one more reason to do so. Awesome. Thanks again. Welcome to Bible Mysteries. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? You're listening to episode 112, The Unclean Spirits, part one. Now here are your hosts, Scott and John. Hey there, and welcome once again to Bible Mysteries Podcast. I'm Scott Mitchell. And I'm John Potts. And this is the show that teaches you things in the Bible the world does not want you to know. They don't want you to know. The things that we're talking about are the things that they are trying to keep from you. So we appreciate you tuning in, your willingness to learn, your willingness to uh, look through the veil and decide yeah. who's behind the curtain, right? Uh, quick shout out again to new subscribers. Of course, we have Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast. So we want to, our way of showing thanks to the people that have subscribed. We're going to give some shout outs to 12 more names here. We got Dana M., uh, Michael A., Paul H., John G., Davita F., Jessica J., Kenneth L., Dana C., Josu M., Robert M., Teresa W., and Steve G. So thank you all yeah, for awesome. subscribing. Thank you for the support. Absolutely. We appreciate you sharing it with everybody and um, your contributions to listen to the podcast through the premium service helps us raise funds to keep this ministry going. And also our plan is to expand it, to yeah. get more content, more guests, and do more things and just talk about those subjects that you're interested in. I want to remind our subscribers, too, especially if you're new, <clears throat> when you get your uh, subscription email from Supercast, uh, part of your premium subscription includes access to our Bible Mysteries newsletter. That comes to you through something called Constant Contact. So if you haven't gotten your subscription uh, or your newsletter yet, check your junk mail or your spam falter mm -hmm. uh, in your emails because you may not have constant contact as one of your normal contacts. Okay. So yeah, just double check that because we want you to access all those benefits, which includes the articles that I write for the newsletter, uh, viewer email questions that I answer yeah. in the newsletter, and <clears throat> of course our Slack community forum where you can contribute with other listeners and talk to them and share your ideas, and I'll answer questions there too. Uh, but we also will give you links to the videos that we post of the full-length 
interviews and things like that. And most of you are subscribing because you want to hear the full-length interview through the podcast apps, which is all great, and that's the main thing. But some of you like to sit down and watch an interview. If you want to see our guests, you know, we only put up a portion of that on the normal social media paths like YouTube and Rumble and mm-hmm. whatever. <clears throat> so we have a Vimeo channel. That's an unlisted channel just for the subscribers, and that link is going to be in your Constant Contact newsletter. And uh, by the time this episode airs, we will be ready for November's, we'll be getting ready for November's newsletter, but October's newsletter uh, should be out right now, so you can enjoy those articles and things like that. All right, so we dive into, unless we're mistaken in the timing of this, this should be the uh, episode week after Halloween. Okay. So in keeping with Halloween, (laughs) which is demonic in its origin anyway, we'll talk about the unclean spirits today. Yeah, how fitting for Halloween. I like it. Kind of worked out that way. And, you know, when you think about it, we we sort of take for granted. We can use words like unclean spirits, demons, devils, whatever. And... We just sort of take for granted that, yeah, there are these things out there floating around, making mischief, yeah. a poltergeist, whatever. And um, no, it's it's an unclean spirit. You know, you got to stop and think, where did this come from? You know, mm-hmm. what are unclean spirits and how did they come into the world? And why was there a proliferation of them when Jesus began his ministry in Israel? Yeah. He, was, he and the 12 were healing, casting out devils. Yeah doing all this kind of thing. So we're going to delve into the scriptures and try to look at the uh, origin of this. And it's kind of funny because the Bible talks right off the bat about them, but doesn't give us an obvious origin of them. In fact, it gives us no origin of devils. Yeah, You know, a lot of people might equate a fallen angel with a demon, but they're not the same. They're not the same at all. And so we're going to try to look and see what we can glean from Scripture. And in this case, we're going to use a non-canonical Does source. Does it even tell us where they came from? <clears throat> not in it's the Bible. It's a little bit of a mystery in itself, right? There, yeah. Just where they came from. It does tell us what the different types are, or at least some different types. Yeah. Right? We, we learn a lot about their characteristics yeah. and what they do, how they trouble mankind. Yeah. But the origin story of them is going to be found in a in a historical reference book that's not the Bible, okay. but the Book of Enoch. Okay. And we can't rely on it as accurate like Scripture. Yeah. But in the same way, <laughs> there's historical significance to other books that we might that are non-scriptural books, even like the writings of Josephus, are historically helpful. Yeah. Uh, in understanding some of the events and things of the Bible from his perspective. So we're going to use it in light of that information. But we're going to start in the Word of God, and we're going to start in the book of Zechariah chapter 13. So we'll go to Zechariah 13, and if you want to know where that is, go to Matthew and hang a left. You know, and just a few pages over, you'll find Zechariah. And then that's the second to last book of the Old Testament, but we want verse 1 of chapter 13. So... Referring to a future day, God says, In that day there shall be a fountain opened to the house of David and and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for uncleanness. So he's talking about after the time of tribulation, the restoration of Israel. What we would refer to as the thousand-year reign of Christ or the millennial reign or the kingdom of heaven, either way you want to call it. 
And here's one of the aspects of that kingdom, verse 2. And it shall come to pass that in that day, saith the Lord of hosts, that I will cut off the names of the idols out of the land, and they shall be no more remembered. And also I will cause the prophets and the unclean spirit to pass out of the land. And so right here we have a passage that simply shows an unclean spirit appearing <clears throat> in the scripture, but with real no real explanation of from whence they come. Mm-hmm. I'll cause them to cease to exist, he says. So they obviously do exist now. But there's a future time in which they will not be around. So we have to ask the question, where did they come from? And why are they here? What, mm-hmm. what is their purpose and what are they doing? We know, <coughs> excuse me, almost instinctively, they have to be aligned with something that's malevolent or satanic yeah. or contrary to mankind. So that much we kind of understand, uh, else it wouldn't be something he's saying he's going to cause to pass out of the land. Uh, Go to Matthew chapter 10, and we can see the 12 being empowered to cast out unclean spirits. So it's Matthew 10, we'll start in verse 1, the calling of the 12 apostles. And when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. And I always find, you know, we we were having a little bit of a discussion before this episode, but John, it's interesting to me that unclean spirits are in the same sentence with sickness and disease, you know, almost as if there's a connection. Not to say that you can't get a cold and, oh, I have a demon, you know, you got a cold, it's a rhinovirus. I'm not saying there's nothing to that. Uh, There are people that actually disagree with germ theory as the cause for a lot of these diseases. Um, But we're not here to discuss that. Uh, And I'm just interested in the very fact that power was given them against unclean spirits to cast them out, meaning they were in a vessel. Yeah. Excuse me. And they were cast out of those vessels, the vessels being human beings. So clearly... The unclean spirits or devils mm-hmm. are entities that can occupy a person's body against their will uh, in many cases, which is not to say that there aren't people that might do things to invite them. First of all, this would only be non-believers, right? If you're, you know, a, if you're a believer, I think the common belief right, yeah. is if you're a Christian, that you cannot be occupied by a demonic spirit or an unclean spirit because you are occupied by the Holy Spirit. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I would say that, and there's, there's a distinction I draw between demonic influence and demonic possession. Yeah. I think anybody saved or lost can be influenced by a demon Yeah. because a person, once they're saved, um, you're saved eternally. If you've trusted in the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, that payment that took place at Calvary applies to you, and you have eternal life and forgiveness of sins through him. Nothing you can do is going to change history. You can't go back and undo yeah. the cross. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, the moment you believe, the atonement of that act of redemption is applied to you. Yeah. And that's eternal. Can we also, though, as believers, 
follow a path that's wrong and end up doing things that are bad. Well, of mm-hmm. course we can. Yeah. We're still sinful individuals. So demons could influence us into paths that we shouldn't be going. Yeah. But can they possess us and control us as they do in the instances we're going to read about later? I would argue probably not. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how you could allow them in. If the, Even though we can grieve the Holy Spirit, I don't know how a demon could come into an, a body that is occupied by the Holy Spirit, yeah. sealed by the Spirit, whether they're in line with God's commandments or not. So they couldn't come in to possess your body. Yeah. But they, you could definitely per, get into whatever, and they could, be, they could continually hang around you, afflict you, afflict, you, afflict people around you. Mess with your um, mind, uh, yeah. ch- you know, bringing about things. We, we, we think about the possibilities of them influencing us with um, sicknesses, with disease, yeah. uh, with depression, yeah. uh, with anxiety, with fear, with who knows. And I realize there's clinical aspects to any of these things, yeah. but we, we often stop and never think about the fact that could they have an impact on us physically too yeah not just um, psychologically but um, spiritually and physically as well so clearly the apostles were given power to cast out unclean spirits therefore there's something that's undesirable or unwanted and if we look up the very word there if you look in verse 5 we're still in this chapter 10 it says these 12 Jesus sent forth and commanded them saying Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans enter ye not. But rather, go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And so Israel, evidently, there was an explosion of demonic activity in Hmm. Israel at the time of Jesus' first ministry, which apparently means there'll be another explosion of that at the time of the second coming. Wow. Okay. I thought of that. Yeah. And therefore, uh, we talk about mystery Babylon being the habitation of every foul spirit and unclean bird. And uh, and I would suspect that when we talked about the war in heaven and the dragon and his angels cast down to the earth, they're going to concentrate their efforts in hmm. Jerusalem, you know. But in verse 7, he says, as you go preaching, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is Israel's national salvation message. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils, freely received, freely give. So casting out devils was one of the uh, gifts that Christ gave them. And back in verse 1, when we read, he gave them power against unclean spirits. We then see that devils are synonymous with unclean spirits, that they're the same entities, which is not to say there might not be different types of entities among that category, just as we're different in human beings, you know. But the devils are synonymous with unclean spirits. And the very word devil there is the Greek word daimonion, where we get our English word demon from. So the word demon is devils in a King James Bible. You know, it's the same word, and it's defined in a Strong's Concordance as a spirit, a being inferior to God, but superior to men. And I think we can sort of see aspects of them in in how that they're superior in in what their capabilities are. Yeah. You know, not superior in rank to God or anything. And they're also defined as evil spirits, or the messengers and ministers of the devil. So when we look up the term in the Greek word in the Strong's Concordance, what we get is beings that are aligned with Satan. They're not Satan himself. He's not a devil or a demon. He is Mm -hmm. the devil, you know, so he's like the king of them. But he's a fallen angel. He's actually a cherub. And other fallen angels are angels of some type that followed him in rebellion against the Lord. 
But who are these spirit demons, you know? Were they human beings that died as wicked human beings? That would seem unplausible since the Bible created a location, and God created, rather, a location in the earth called hell or Sheol or Hades, Hades, for uh, a prison for the unrighteous dead. So why would their souls be running around making mischief if they've already been um, evil human beings dying without redemption? They would be imprisoned in hell. Mm -hmm. These seem to be free to roam about and create mischief. Uh, Let's go to the book of Leviticus. And it's always good to see the first occurrence of a word. And um, the first occurrence of the word devils is found in Leviticus chapter 17. So now that we know that devils, demons, and unclean spirits are synonymous, we can uh, use those English words interchangeably. Leviticus 17 verse 5 says, To the end that the children of Israel may bring their sacrifices, which they offer in the open field, even that they may bring them unto the Lord, under the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, unto the priests, and offer them for peace offerings unto the Lord. So this is for the context after Moses was instructed to build the tabernacle. Okay. And the priesthood of Aaron was initiated. And from that point forward, the sacrifices for sin were to be brought to the priests where they would offer them on the altar that God yeah. instructed yeah. Moses to build. And verse 6 says, The priest shall sprinkle the blood upon the altar of the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and burn the fat for a sweet savor unto the Lord. And they shall no more offer their sacrifices unto devils after whom they've gone a whoring. This shall be a statute forever unto them throughout their generations. So that tells me that Israel in the past had sacrificed to devils. Yeah. And that this was to this tabernacle and this priesthood setup was designed, among other things, to prevent them from doing that. Although they did. Mm-hmm. They continued to do that. But what's really interesting is the word devils there is the Greek word sair which we know as the English word satyr, S-A-T-Y-R. A satyr, if, you, if you'll know, we've talked about um, hybrid blends of animals, such as a centaur, okay. which is a, a horse person, human yeah. horse, a minotaur, a, a bull human. Yeah. And a satyr is a goat human. Wow, okay. A goat human. So if you've ever heard of like the legends of Pan, who was a little goat yeah. man that played the pipes, you know, he's a satyr. And the Hebrew word literally means a he-goat, a buck, or a sacrificial animal. And it's also translated as a satyr. Even in the English word satyr is in the King James Bible. Wow. <clears throat> so something about that is a clue. So why are satyrs or goats, uh, you know, he goats, whatever, associated with devils. Because in the context might mean uh, they brought their goat to the door of the tabernacle of the congregation for a sacrifice. Yeah. And it would be Seder. Or it might be they worship devils and it's Seder. So maybe this idea of the devil having a cloven hooves and the hairy legs and the horns comes from that caricature of a Seder. Yeah. You know, it's interesting to note that when uh, Jacob was born, his brother Esau, they were twins. Mm-hmm. Esau was actually the elder, the firstborn, but Jacob grabbed his heel, you know, as he came out of the, <laughs> the womb. 
implying he wanted the, the birthrights, you know, the first place. Okay. But they were different, uh, physically speaking, so strikingly that the Bible records that Jacob was a smooth man, but Esau was red all over and hairy like a goat. And of course, Esau grew up to despise God and the birthright, yeah. you know. So there's a connection to Esau and Satan that we've never explored, but we'll have to do so one That's of these days. That's kind of fascinating. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, devils first occurs as the word Sayer or Sayer in a King James Bible. And if we go to 1 Samuel chapter 16, <clears throat> 1 Samuel 16, and we read in verse 14, but the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. And Saul's servant said unto him, Behold now, an evil spirit from God troubleth thee. Let our Lord now command thy servants which are before thee to seek out a man who is a cunning player on a harp. And it shall come to pass when the evil spirit from God is upon thee that he shall play with his hand and thou shalt be well. So there's several things here that we can yeah. delve into. So this evil spirit is from the Lord, kind of getting back to uh, the limit of Satan's power and how spirits may think they act independently, but they only have the power they have because God allows it. And evil it, spirit from the Lord. Yeah. That's kind of blow, that's kind of baffling to me. Yeah, well, that's what we're talking about. Okay. We say that from the Lord. In other words, God took his protection off of Saul, who was king of Israel. Yeah. God chose him to be the first king of Israel. He disobeyed God. Okay. And so God took his spirit from him. Okay. So the hedge of protection around him, like Job. Yeah. You know, even Job yeah. said, yeah. you caused, God said to Satan, you caused me to move me to, against him without cause, you know. So uh, God ultimately is the one that allowed Satan to attack Job. Mm -hmm. He's ultimately the one to allow this unclean spirit to attack King Saul. Well, okay. And so as we're going to find out, or maybe we won't find out today, but Saul ended up being so rebellious against the Lord that he, he even um, mingled himself with occult practices. Like he sought out a witch to conjure up the dead at one point. Okay. So you clearly see he was opening up some portals, if you will, through his disobedience. Okay. And therefore, <clears throat> God's hedge of protection was removed from him. So the evil spirit is from the Lord. God didn't say, hey, I've got this evil spirit sitting next to me in heaven. Go down and bother Saul. Yeah. You know, He simply said, okay, Saul disobeyed me. He won't be corrected. I remove my spirit of protection from him. Okay. Therefore, he is now vulnerable. And I suspect through his own interactions and choices opened up that doorway yeah. for unclean spirits to bother him. And it's also interesting to note that music seems to be the thing that they believed would appease and cause him to feel better. Uh, we don't know how he troubled him, but it says when the man plays the harp, he will be well, you know, as in mm -hmm. as though he were sick or something. So evil spirits can be directed by by God, though they may not even know that's happening. Uh, and Saul was sent this evil spirit to trouble him. But again, it was due to his disobedience. So he probably was doing things in addition to what caused the initial rebellion to keep that portal open and allow these things to happen. And, and I think they, uh, from time to time, probably possessed him and overwhelmed him because the man they called to play the harp to please him ends up being David. 
Really? David okay. was a musician, which is why he wrote so many psalms. Huh. He ended up later replacing Saul as king of Israel. But during the time when David was occupying the house of Saul, the palace, if you mm-hmm. will, and because he was hired for the very purpose to, to uh, 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 cause Saul to feel better when he was under attack by the spirits of, of unclean spirits, he attempted to kill David several times by throwing a javelin at him. Really? Yeah, to pin him against the wall, you know. David escaped each time because God had, you know, protected him. Yeah. But it just shows you that that kind of overwhelming drive to murder someone came from these demonic spirits. Wow. Yeah. I wonder if it's the, the, the music from the harp that makes Saul feel better, or does it drive the spirit away? Or both. Yeah, a combination, yeah. That's a good point. It, it, what, what was it about the spirit? And could it have been that because David was filled with the spirit of God and he yeah. played the harp through that skill and ability that the devil said, I can't be around this guy. Okay, so I wasn't thinking of it from being David. I was thinking about it from the musical instrument itself. And then yeah. and in addition to that, I was thinking in my head, so are there then other musical instruments that they do like? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I see I where you're know. going with that. You yeah. Know? Clearly, there's got to be forms of music that have a, a satanic yeah. a hint of them. You know, I, I would think death metal. Well, think about frequencies and yeah. think about different sounds oh, yeah. and vibrations. Or even uh, certain intervals. A harp has a very unique sound to it, right? And I'm not saying this is a, <clears throat> I'm not saying this is a demonic instrument by any means, right. but a didgeridoo mm-hmm. has, a, has a much different sound, right? You no, it's clearly harp. demonic if it's a didgeridoo. <laughs> well, well, I'm just using that as an example because a didgeridoo is like, wow, yeah. wow. I'm like, the frequency is, it's yeah. it, when you hear it, it's almost like, that's weird. And then you get into the origin of some of these instruments. You exactly. Know, uh, what are they used for? Uh, clearly, like the banjo and the accordion have to be from the devil. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding, of course. Now, but I think uh, you can even get into the, you know, get into music theory. There's yeah. there's intervals of music where there's something called a flat five. Uh, the you know if you if you break out a scale into tones and number them, do re mi, you know, yeah. one two three. Well, if you get one to five, there's a there's a pleasing blend of those two sounds when you get a ditonal sound, and a triad is three notes, mm-hmm. and they usually make up a chord. So when you hear nice, pleasant chords, you're hearing three notes played together in unison, uh, hmm. but they're three separate notes. And they blend in a harmonious way, and it can be a major, minor sound, a major sound, rather, which is sort of happy sounding, a minor sound, which is sort of sad sounding, but all can be very beautiful. Well, some intervals are dissonant and abrasive, and one of them is a flat five. Now, they're used a lot in jazz, and I think they're very cool, but there was a time in music's early days when the flatted fifth interval was known as the devil's interval. Wow. Because, because of the dissonance between the notes. It's, it's not a pleasing, pleasant sound. It sounds disharmonious, and hence they thought of it as like satanic somehow. Yeah. yeah. yeah There's so, a whole podcast you could do on that, especially could, you being a musician. True. Could really break that down. Because, I mean, you listen to different types of music, music that's uplifting. And yeah. then if you ever listen to like some dark, heavy metal the, oh, yeah. the, I mean, the sounds are just crazy. There's a spirit in music, yeah. definitely. So kind of getting back to your comment, John, I think I, I would believe that all of the above applies, that David had the spirit of God with him, and as he played, his skill 
produced beautiful sounding music, which produced a spirit sound yeah. spirit. Yeah. Uh, because huh. when you think about it, the wow. very word spirit in Greek, for example, is pneuma, and it's translated as spirit, breath, wind, air. Well, instruments that require breath, like a flute mm-hmm. or a horn, you breathe into it, and and it produces a spirit, a sound. Yeah. A string may not you may not blow into a string like a harp or a guitar. Uh, or even a piano, which is plucked, a percussive, you know, a piano is yeah. a percussive instrument. But it's vibration of a string that moves air. Yeah. And air, that vibration produces a sound that your ear perceives. So the, either way you slice it, you're talking about motion in air, spirit, wind, breath. You know, it all ties mm-hmm. together. Yeah. It all ties together in a very neat way. You're right. We should do a podcast on that music. Is, yeah. Very Absolutely. So let's. So we've determined then that uh, the spirit troubled Saul. It was. Uh, a, it was somehow um, removed when music yeah. of a certain type was played. And if we go over to First Kings, a little past Second Samuel, there, chapter twenty-two, we see a very interesting thing. Um, so fast forward to way past King Saul and King David to a really rotten king named Ahab. Okay. Yeah. And King Ahab was so bad and so rebellious. His wife, you might recall, was Jezebel. Hey, married to a great lady. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, not so great much. <laughs> I can think of parallels in current politicians. <laughs> I'm not going to say it, but um, so Ahab, uh, God has prophesied, is going to die in a battle. I'm okay. just you're so evil. I'm going to get rid of you. And, but God allows natural things sometimes to take place. He doesn't always intervene divinely. You know, he'll allow something to take place. But he does sort of intervene divinely in this case. And uh, let's see, I think I've got um, the wrong page here. Yeah, here we go. So he's decided that he's going to make sure that this prophecy comes to pass because he's already given the prophecy through a man, uh, Micaiah, uh, and, and to speak against uh, Ahab. Hi, if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider being a full-time subscriber. We are going to use these funds to expand the message and get the word out about what's in the Bible that the world doesn't want you to know about. That's right, John. We appreciate you listening, but we'd love it if you'd subscribe. That way we can reach more people with the time we have left. So enjoy the rest of the podcast, but think about subscribing if the Lord puts it on your heart. To subscribe, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com. Thanks. And Micaiah gives us a look into how this took place in the heavens, that they actually had a meeting about it. How are we going to bring this to pass? And so we get a look into the spirit realm okay. before God. So look with me in Second Kings chapter, 1 Kings rather, chapter 22, verse 19. And he said, Hear thou therefore the word of the Lord. This is the prophet speaking to King Ahab. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne and all the host of heaven standing by him on his right hand and on his left. And the Lord said, Who shall persuade Ahab that he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? That's where the battle was going to take place. And one said on this manner and another said on that manner. Now that right there is fascinating to me. The host of heaven, the host means armies. Yeah. The right hand and on the left could imply the angels of God and the angels of Lucifer. 
But you've, you have a hard time believing that Lucifer's angels would be sitting up there thinking, how can we help you out, Lord? Yeah. You know. Yeah. But uh, it, so it's possible that it's just his host of angels. And what does seem to be clear is that fallen angels, demonic spirits, other entities that are in rebellion against God could hear, spy on them, peep through the doorway. I don't know. But they, there's, we see that something like that happens in the next verse, 21. And there came forth a spirit and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. And the Lord said unto him, wherewith? In other words, how? How are you going to do this? Yeah. And he said, I will go forth and I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And he said, thou shalt persuade him and prevail also. Go forth and do so now. Now, therefore, behold, the Lord hath put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these thy prophets, the prophets of the king, and the Lord hath spoken evil concerning thee. And it's just a fascinating thing to think about that who is this lying spirit? I would suggest it's a demon, a devil, yeah. an unclean spirit. Because why would one of God's own angels lie? Yeah, Wouldn't lying yeah. be contrary to him? God sanctioned the lie because the individual was a bad entity anyway. And he allowed him to do so. He's saying, yeah, go ahead and do it. And it would accomplish it. So it's probably true that the prophets of King Ahab were already involved in satanic things. Yeah. Demonic activity, occult things, whatever. And so they had this access to them. They had a doorway open, a portal opened. And God said, okay, I'm going to let you. Instead of protecting the king of Israel, just as it was with Saul when he said, I'll allow, mm -hmm. I'll send forth a, a spirit to trouble him. He sent forth a lying spirit and allowed him to prevail to cause Ahab to listen to his prophets and go up. And he ended up dying in the battle at Ramoth Gilead. So the lying spirit was literally sent by God to deceive King Ahab. And God's not the author of the lie. He's not the creator of the unclean spirit. But we're back to begging the question, where do these spirits come from? Is it a fallen angel? It doesn't say so. It says a spirit. And angels are ministering spirits, according to the book of Hebrews. But where did this angel come and, from? And how is it able to just be in the presence of God? Yeah. Which tells us, or one, blows my mind, but two, just tells us that we really don't know very much about that whole um, realm. realm, right? Yeah. Because God is talking to his host, which are on his right and his left, right? And you're assuming that these are all his angels, right? Sure, yeah. And he's speaking to them saying, who can go persuade Ahab, right? And then this guy just comes forth, right? <laughs> it's not like God said, hey, send me uh, one of the lying spirits. Yeah. Send one of them over. This guy happened to be hanging out, and he he comes forth and says, I'll take care of it. Yeah. And then God says, okay, I'll let you do this, right? So he's obviously just hanging around with them too. Exactly. Which <laughs> blows well, my mind. Like We don't understand what's going on here. So you say hanging around with them, but it for well, me, it you know, I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with what you're yeah. saying. Like, How does this guy even come into the presence of God to even suggest this thing? Yeah. But um, for me, this brings us back to what we talked about in the book of Job. Remember mm -hmm. when Job said there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before yeah. the Lord? Well, it, it bears to be reasonable that maybe demonic spirits can present themselves before Absolutely. the Lord. Maybe he said, right, what have you been up to? What are you doing? 
You know, I want to know what's happening with you guys. And so if we go to Job chapter 1, verse 6, we, read, we just refresh the memory of our listeners. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. So if Satan can come among the Lord, why couldn't maybe some of them clean spirits? Yeah. And while uh, if even fallen angels are still accountable to God, where men are concerned, even though God limits their power and their impact on mankind, could the same be true of devils? unclean spirits, you know? So it would seem that they are. There is no reference in scripture to where the devils or demons originate, but we can clearly see that they exist. Okay. And the only reference to their origin that I'm aware of that has anything that seems to line up with the Bible is to be found in the non-canonical book of Enoch. And while it's not scripture, it's interesting to note that it's cited twice by both Peter and Jude in the New Testament. Okay, yeah. And so when we say, well, which book of Enoch? Because there's more than one, you know. Um, even you and I were talking earlier through texting about uh, th- those chapter, those verses aren't in my chapter, mm-hmm. my copy of Enoch. It's because there's more than one version of the book of Enoch. And what I'm understanding is that um, there's a version called the Ethiopian book of Enoch that was discovered in the Dead Sea Scrolls that seems to be the one that, if there's an accuracy to them, that one is okay. accurate. And it, it is more complete and, um, you know, supposedly uh, older and all this and that, you know. Yeah. So we're going to read from the Book of Enoch just because it gives a story of where the devils come from, and I can't find any passages of Scripture to refute that or to prove that it's wrong. So it's chapter 5 of the book of Enoch, not the Bible, but we're going to start reading in verse 28. And now the giants who are produced from the spirits and flesh shall be called evil spirits upon the earth, and on the earth shall be their dwelling. Now this is starting in verse 28 of Enoch 5. And it's interesting because he it is the book that gives the account of what happened in Genesis 6 okay. with great detail that may or may not be accurate, but it's there and it foretells or, or rather it uh, explains what took place when the sons of God, fallen angels, took the daughters of men and had children by them, which were the Nephilim, the giants. Wow. And the world was destroyed by God with a flood in the days of Noah because of the wickedness created by these giants that spread to the entire human race. Mm-hmm. So what I think took place and what is plausible is that God destroyed the world to kill all the Nephilim. And because they were not fully human, their disembodied spirits are the devils, Okay, which makes sense why there's so many yeah. and why they're not in hell Uh, confined to prison as a human being would be that died. Verse 29, evil spirits have proceeded from their bodies because they are born from men and from the watchers, which was their way of saying the fallen angels, is, uh, is their beginning and primal origin. They shall be evil spirits on earth and evil spirits shall they be called. And the spirits of the giants afflict, oppress, destroy, attack, do battle, and work destruction on the earth and cause trouble. They take no food, but nevertheless hunger and thirst and cause offenses. Well, that sounds about like demons, yeah. right? And these spirits shall rise up against the children of men and against the women because they have proceeded from them. And incidentally, that's exactly what they did during the days of Noah. 
the giants, uh, the spirits in them, basically oppressed mankind and yeah. enslaved them and, and even ate them, cannibalized them, and caused all the wickedness that Genesis chapter 6 talks about. From the days of the slaughter and destruction and death of the giants, which happened with the flood, from the souls of whose flesh the spirits having gone forth shall destroy without incurring judgment, thus shall they destroy until the day of the consummation, the great judgment in which the age shall be consummated over the watchers and the godless, yea, shall be wholly consummated. And so that's just fancy words to say that these unclean spirits that are the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim were not judged. The bodies were judged. They were killed. Yeah. But the spirits were not judged until the consummation. There's a future day of judgment hmm. for okay. these. And that lines up with the scriptures. We're going to see that Jesus encounters some devils and they are afraid of this very thing, this very day, the day of their judgment. So let's go look at that, and we'll also, see. Also makes a lot of sense that um, people that are involved in a lot of occult practices are the ones that typically, maybe not every time, but typically you're going to be the ones that are afflicted by evil spirits, mm -hmm. see evil spirits, yeah. see apparitions or people that aren't actually there. You know what I mean? Yeah. All of that stuff. Because the giants, it's well known, that's they were deeply involved in occult practices and human sacrifice or all kinds of stuff, right? So you see the tie of the two together there. The giants, these are the disembodied spirits of the giants. And then when people get involved in things that are that have to do with the occult, all of a sudden these spirits start hanging around with them. Yeah, right? exactly. Again, talking about these doorways and portals that are open into that mm -hmm. spiritual realm. Yeah. People can access them, and I, I think they it, it's discounted by most. It's like, oh, that's hokum, that's nonsense. There's no such thing as this and that. But um, mm -hmm. let me tell you something as simple or seemingly um, innocent as a Ouija board. Yeah, don't bring one into your house. Yeah, don't do it. You will open up portals, and that's not the only way, but that's one yeah. surefire yeah. way. And that was presented as a children's game. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about doing that episode on Satan's attack on children, it is yeah. very real that he wants them from an early age. Yeah. If he can get them, you know, uh, which is why this whole thing about our school system, this is the mm -hmm. infiltration of satanic influences that's yeah. going on because they want to get those children young. Now go with me to Matthew chapter 8 because I do want you to see this uh, encounter of Jesus with some devils and what they say to him that would match and line up with the book of Enoch. And it tells me that Enoch's uh, suggestion that the unclean spirits of the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim is probably true. And it's Matthew chapter 8, verse 28. And when he was come to the other side into the country of the Gergesenes, this is Jesus, there met him two possessed with devils, coming out of the tombs, exceeding fierce, so that no man might pass by that way. And this already sounds like they have the personality yeah. of the Nephilim. And behold, they cried out, saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? So they know who he is. Yeah. Clearly, they have uh, an intellect that's supernatural, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? Then they're already admitting there's a time of judgment, a time of torment. As the book of Enoch And they saying. know, it seems that they know when the time is because they know that this is not the time, right? Exactly. Like, are you going to come punish us before it's time? 
verse uh, 30, and there was a good way off from them and heard of many swine feeding, which are pigs. And the devils besought him, saying, If thou cast us out, suffer us to go away into the herd of swine. In other words, they know that he has the power to cast them out, and they would have to obey him. Yeah. So clearly, they know who he is, and they know he's truly the Son of God with the power to destroy them. Yeah. So, uh, and he said unto them, Go. And isn't it interesting that he capitulated to them, or he acquiesced to what they wanted? I don't believe it's because he was weak in any way. But why would he do that? Because it wasn't the time to judge them. And they're not permitted to be destroyed yet. There's going to be a day of judgment for them. And also because he would rid them from the two men that are possessed by them. But also, Mm -hmm. it's interesting that they go into the swine. Unclean animals under Jewish law. Yeah, yeah. So he said unto them, Go, and when they were come out, they went into the herd of swine. And behold, the whole herd of swine ran violently down a steep place into the sea and perished in the waters. And it's interesting that it's also referred to as the deep in the book of Luke. And I think there's a picture of that, you know. Hmm. And they that kept them fled and went their ways into the city and told everything and uh, what had befallen to the possessed of the devils. And behold, the whole city came out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they besought him that he would depart out of their coasts. They didn't come and say, oh, praise God. Thank you. You're a hero. You saved these two They people. want him to leave. They wanted him to leave. They wanted to do anything with that because... Huh. You know, that's just strange. And is it possible that because that city was involved in occult practices, that's why these two men got possessed in the first place? Yeah, very possible. So the unclean spirits definitely had a fear of torment, and it just gives credibility to the reverence in the book of Enoch of the future punishment Hmm. of these devils and that there's some validity to where they came from. Uh, And if we go to Luke chapter 8, We see a very similar thing, but we get another insight into the spiritual realm in chapter 8, verse 26. And here we read, Jesus is encountering another individual. They arrived at the country of the, oh, it's the Gadarenes, it's not the Gergesenes, which is over against Galilee, and he went forth to land. There met him out of the city a certain man, which had devils a long time. And wear no clothes, neither abode in any house, but in the tombs. And that makes you wonder what kind of devil was in him that caused him to feel the need to do that. But it kind of gets back to where we were talking a little bit about, could it be that homeless people that, you know, don't live in houses or whatever, are Mm -hmm. they just mentally ill or could there be demons involved? You know, it's it's very plausible. And when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him and with a loud voice said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God most high? I beseech thee, torment me not. Again, supernatural knowledge of who he is and fear of the coming judgment. So the the judgment of devils seems to be distinct from the judgment of mankind. You know, God's wrath is going to be poured on the world for the unrighteous and the wicked of man. And yes, he's going to ultimately destroy the Antichrist and the false prophet and bind Satan in a chain uh, in the bottomless pit for a thousand years, but there's a future day for the devils, for the Nephilim. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very interesting. It kind of tells me that the reason why they're not being tormented yet is because God has reason and plan to use them again in the judgment of mankind, which brings us back into this whole thing of the Nephilim and the mingling of the seed of men and the, the iron and the clay. Yeah. You know, our devils are going to be involved in that somehow. 
They're going to be facilitating it or, or inhabiting people during that time. Scary. And so it may very well be that devils will be possessing people that take the mark of the beast. And their destruction and final judgment is then in the wrath of God. There's a thought to think about. Wow. Yeah. That they'll be judged at the same time, you know. <clears throat> and when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him with a loud voice. And so we just read that, verse 29. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For oftentimes it had caught him, and he was kept bound with chains and in fetters. And he broke the bands and was driven of the devil into the wilderness. Uh, and he means driven of the devil that was in him, the, the unclean spirit. Mm-hmm. Because the word devil there is that same word, daimone, daimone, the Greek word for demons. Diabolos is only used for Satan himself. Okay. It's the same word translated as devil, but it's always singular, and it's always referring to Satan. Okay. So you got diamone, or whatever, <clears throat> demons, devils, and then you got diabolos, the devil. Okay. There's the difference there. Verse 30, and Jesus asked him, saying, what is thy name? And he said, legion, because many devils were entered into him. So they banded together as a single entity, even though a legion was there. And a legion was a lot in yeah. a Roman, in a Roman uh, military perspective. And it could be it's the same encounter, or I think it's a separate encounter. Because in the first one of the Gergesenes, there were two men. And this is the area of the Gadarenes, and there's one man. But there was there and heard of many swine feeding on the mountains. What is this about devils and pigs? And they, is it because they really like bacon? I don't know. <laughs> and they besought him that he would suffer them to enter into them, and he suffered them. Then went the devils out of the man and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down the steep place into the lake and were choked. And when they that fed them saw what was done, they fled and went and told it in the city and in the country. And then they came back and they asked him to leave again. Um, so it could be two separate encounters. It could be the same, but I think it's hmm. either way we get the aspects that the devils have names. So, you know, human beings, they were formerly yeah. human beings. They had names. And they obey Christ. They, they obey his will to do what he says to do. And uh, look at that. We're going to have more to cover here. We're going we? to have a part two because we're over time already. Yeah. Well, can real, you... real quick, I have one or a couple points to make here, but and I'll do it very quickly because yeah. we're over, and we go we're over time yeah, already. We go but, over, yeah. um, the first one is that they had him in chains, and he was able to break the chains. Very so strong. obviously there's some superhuman strength there, right? Which, again, points to the Nephilim giants. Yeah. Um, Spirits of the giants. The second thing is... Legion, multiple demons or unclean spirits in one person. I don't know if there's a tie to multiple personality disorder there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then the third thing is every time he casts them out and they go into these pigs, they kill themselves, suicide. Yeah, they kill the pigs, right. Yeah, where they, yeah. but the, the, they uh, possess the pigs, and the first thing they do is they run down a, a cliff and into the water and, and kill themselves. So yeah. it's like we were talking earlier about mental illness, right? Yeah. And you're talking about multiple personalities here. You're talking about suicide. I mean, yeah. how is all this stuff tied together with unclean spirits? It's crazy. I mean, listen, I can tell you as one that has in the past fought depression myself. Yeah. Um, and um, it came about as a result of debilitating migraines that I would get. And they call them suicide headaches for a reason. Because they feel they hurt so much, you feel like, man, if I could just jump off a cliff, 
Wow. I, I would get relief from this. You 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 get to a point where you want that. I, I mm-hmm. you know I, just I, relief. Relief would be better than this. Death yeah. would be better than this. You know, and I suspect that all along that could have been Satan attacking. And uh, it's like it never clicked in my mind until I did that interview with George Norrie recently. And I felt perfectly fine, stayed up late because, you know, it's a late night show. And when I began to speak, it felt as though a hand gripped my throat. Hmm. And I was literally struggling to breathe through the entire interview. Like right now I'm struggling with allergies. This was nothing like that. Wow. This was literally feeling like I was being choked, and it, I was coughing and sputtering, and it was just amazing. So um, after that happened, I thought to myself, okay, I wasn't even in my own home environment because I had to go to where yeah. my phone was. And, I mean, it was just insane. So I thought to myself, I'm under attack. And, and again, I'll reemphasize how important it is that we be praying for God's protection against the fiery darts of the wicked because Satan's going to do everything in his power to stop you from speaking truth if it's going to expose what he's doing. And Jesus Christ was clearly exposing what the Lord was doing, Hmm. uh, or or rather was what Satan was doing, what he was up to. Uh, And they feared him and they obeyed him. But in the case of us, we need to be very careful to stay in a constant state of prayer. Yeah. And armed with the Spirit of God as we go about our day. And that gets back to this whole thing about ignoring the spiritual realm to our detriment. Because the world is sort of so skeptical about spiritual things that they almost laugh at you. It's getting, it's changing. It's turning a little bit. This yeah. obvious, these things of paranormal like UFOs and whatnot are starting to prove that they do exist and they're real. But... What's going to happen, it's going to do a complete 180, and people are not only going to believe on them, but embrace those powers and seek to worship the devils again as they did in the past. And that's what's coming next, folks. So that's why it's important that we prepare. And by talking about this stuff and speaking about the unclean spirits and arming people with information, we hope that that will give you a peace and an understanding about them. where you can know that they have to obey the Lord and we are children of God if we're in Christ. So they may attack, but they can't overwhelm you. You've got a greater power in you than they have. Well, um, what verse was it that said, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you? Yeah, in James. Yeah. Yeah. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, Christ yeah. said. You know, So that the power that we have that passes all understanding is in us through Christ Jesus. So we don't need to fear them, but we don't need to be inviting them into our homes through some mechanism that might open that doorway. And maybe we'll talk about that next yeah. time. Fascinating. Yeah. Okay. It was. John, thank you. Absolutely. And thank you all for listening once again. Uh, so, yeah, a spooky subject for a Halloween ending of the month. but And, and part two coming. Yeah, part two we coming. we can get through it. So, yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead and make part two on this, and we'll discuss more about the unclean spirits next time. Till then, thank you for listening. Enjoy the um, all of the podcast uh, offerings that we have for you there. Don't forget about utbnl.com, uh, our website where you can access all this information and more. We have other teachings that I do on Sunday. We have the utbnl app you can download from any app store. And you'll even have access to some of the music we've done in the past, which hopefully will be soothing music like David's yeah. harp. <laughs> 
What's that devil music? That's right. <laughs> well, thanks again for listening, folks, and take care. Thank you for listening today. If you like what you heard, share it with a friend. If you want to learn more, you can go to Unlock the Bible Now. That's utbnow.com. Hey, thanks again for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode, and we so much appreciate you sharing with others and your friends and tell them about the show. And we'd also love it if you'd one more time consider joining Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast as a subscriber. Absolutely. And keep in mind that your subscription helps us get the word out to as many people as we can possibly reach. So we appreciate you partnering with us. Don't forget, it's BibleMysteries.Supercast.com. And thanks again for joining us today.